The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. And welcome back to it. You bet. Lots of time for you to call in. 416-870-6400. Here with your phone calls and questions. And beyond this half hour, uh, each weeknight, you have a chance uh, anytime really to phone Lior and get a hold of uh, him or a member of his team too. one 821 5900 Email help at employmentlawyer.ca. Simple. And the website just as good. Great, as a matter of fact, to learn lots about this particular topic we've been talking about for almost 11 years. And to do so, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You'll have access as well to that severance calculator, which is simple to use and, again, free and Okay, if your employer is doing these things, you must do something about it. I'm going to th- uh, throw some some warning shots over the uh, next half hour here, Leo. Number one is this. You know, despite never getting any complaints, your employer puts you on a PPI or PIP, rather, a performance improvement plan. We love those. Yeah, well, we, unfortunately, not much to love with the performance improvement plan. It's not something that you want, and it's it's uh, a warning sign. It's a warning sign that an employer may try to be building a case Maybe trying to build a case against you to let you go, especially in a situation where you've done a good job, you've always not, not had a problem, you've gotten good reviews, all of a sudden you're so bad that your employer puts you on a performance improvement plan. Oftentimes it's a way for the company to try to build a case to let you go without severance. Companies know that if they want to let you go with your severance, it's easy to do. They don't need to build up a case. They can just make the decision, pay you the severance, and that's fine. But if they want to save money, which could be as much as two years, two years pay, they have to try to build a case. So what do you do in that situation? First of all, you don't ignore it. Okay? If you're put on a performance improvement plan, unless you agree that it's legitimate, unless you agree that it's correct and there's nothing that you can really challenge about it, you have to say something to your employer. So if you're put on a performance improvement plan, you don't agree with it, or you think that there's information that's not been considered, etc. I want you to send an email to the right person, maybe even copy HR, and tell them that. Say, here's why I don't agree with this performance improvement plan. By the way, I'm always going to work hard, and I'm always going to continue to try to improve because that's who I am, but here's the, the problems with this performance improvement plan and why I'm not okay with it. That's all you need. You don't need the company to take it back. You don't need the company to say, yes, you're right and we're wrong. Just by you sending that email, you haven't accepted it, which means they can not use that against you down the road. It's going to be very difficult for the company to use that as a way to build a case against you. And what you're doing there is you're protecting your job and potentially protecting your severance. So it's a warning sign, something you can't ignore, that performance improvement plan. Respond to it in writing. And, of course, if the company does try to use it against you, you call me right away. And again, yeah, don't take uh, don't take a moment to to hesitate. If you want to call in during this conversation, we're having an interrupt with your phone call. That's why we do the show is for your benefit in that regard. Okay, something you got to do about this as well. Your employer starts taking away responsibilities or changes hours of work, which you know you think on the surface, hey, I got less to do. This this might not be a bad thing, right? So certainly, if, if your employer's taking those responsibilities away, and ultimately, listen, if you're you're happy with that, then. You think your employer is doing you a solid here, but maybe because they realize you were too busy before. That's great. But if it's a situation where the, the taking away those responsibilities results in a demotion, and I, I've gotten a lot of those, even over the past week or so, 
people saying, well, I, you know, I, I was off for a little while, I came back to work, all of a sudden I was stripped of responsibilities and I was now reporting into someone that before that uh, I had trained myself. Well, wait a second, that now reduces your stature in the workplace. That now could be seen as a demotion. Even though the company may not be saying demotion, may not be using the demotion word, if you're now in a position where everyone knows you've been kind of singled out and you've been, uh, you know, taken away your responsibilities, that may be a demotion. That may be something that uh, that the company's not allowed to do. And again, constructive dismissal. If you're being demoted, that could be a constructive dismissal. But the reason why you want to really think about this is that if the company is starting to take away responsibilities or change your job and you accept it, you continue working, you kind of put your head down and continue working, by doing that, you've given the company the right to do it again and again and again. And if they continue then to take away responsibilities and, and to demote you further, you may not be able to do anything about it because you let it happen in the beginning. So that's why I say these are, this, that's a warning sign. That's something you can't just ignore. So if, if it's at the point where you think that, you know, you've been demoted, it may be time to say constructive dismissal. Not cool with this. Certainly not cool with, uh, allowing the company to do it again. So I'm going to treat that as a termination. And now I just want my full severance. You can make that decision. Of course, if you want to go that route, you don't just do that on your own. You have to call me. We have to do this right. Constructive dismissal is not something you can just go and decide to do on your own. For that, we need to talk. Let's do this right. Let's build it properly. Uh, reach out to me anytime. Number three is after you've already been working for a while, your employer asks you to sign a new employment agreement. Here, come here, Lior, just sign this for me, pal. It's not a big deal. Here's a pen. You know, if there were, like, alarms around you and your employer comes to you with uh, a new employment agreement, those alarms should be ringing and going crazy. Because it's never a good thing. It's always, I'll take it, take it a step further, it's always bad. If you're already working, you have a job, you've been there for a while, then the company wants you to sign a new employment agreement. I don't care if you've just been promoted, I don't care if you've gotten a pay raise, there's no need for that employment agreement, ever. The new employment agreement. The only reason the company is going to ask you to sign a new employment agreement is if it provides better terms for the company. Not for you, for the company. For example, the company may realize, wait a second, we don't have something that limits this person's future severance. Let's put that in the employment agreement. Wait a second, we don't have something that allows us to put someone on a temporary layoff. Let's put that in the agreement. Wait a second, we don't have a non-compete. Let's put that in the employment agreement. So I can almost guarantee you that that employment agreement that was just put in front of you is bad news. It's not good. It's problematic, and at some point, if you sign it, it could either make your life miserable or can cost you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So what do you do instead if you're presented with that employment agreement? Frankly, you say no. Say, no, I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm happy with the way things are. I don't need the employment agreement. You cannot be punished for that. Okay? You cannot be disciplined for that. The other thing you can do, of course, is send me a copy of it. Right? Let me read it and let me tell you what it actually says, what it actually does. And if it turns out, hey, no, you know what? This is actually a fantastic agreement. Then you'll know that and you can go ahead and sign it. But do not ignore that employment agreement. Don't just sign it. You can't just sign it and then realize you made a mistake. By then it may be too late. So be smart about it. You know, it's interesting. And this is something we kind of touched on last week during the show. And it's, you know, people generally love paper. They love contracts. If you didn't have one before, all of a sudden your, your employer is offering up this big contract. You're going to feel 
you know, secure basically by signing that contract. It's it's as we said, it's counterintuitive to what you should do. You know what I mean? So people fall victim to it. it absolutely, you may feel okay. That piece of paper really entrenches me in that job. Now it really kind of gives me the security that that I'm in a good place because they want me to to sign. It's a more of a commitment. Well, no, it, all the only thing it does is it takes away rights that you would have, and the way employment laws work is that. There's built-in employment rights that you have, and they're very good and they're very comprehensive. A lot of employers don't like them, but employees, for employees, they're very good. But the people that created our employment laws also did, or also added to them a term that says, we're not gonna force these on you. If Mr. or Mrs. Employee, if you don't want these rights, that's okay, all you have to do is contract out of them. We'll let you do that. So that's what an employment agreement often does. It contracts out of rights that you would otherwise have. So don't do that. You want to have the full protection of the law working for you. And the best way to do that, frankly, is to not have a written employment agreement. I know it sounds strange, but that's how our laws work. Again, we're talking about things your employer's doing. If they are, you must do something about it right away and do not hesitate. We'll get to a couple more as we line up our uh, first couple calls of the afternoon. Uh, you know, maybe you've asked your employer to investigate some harassment by a coworker or even a, a boss. Uh, could be there as well, but nothing has been done about it yet. Another thing, another problem right there. First of all, let's start with the idea that if you're being harassed, mistreated, bullied, whatever term you want to use, once you tell your employer, they have to, by law, not by any moral uh, point, but certainly by law, to take it seriously, to investigate it seriously, and to do whatever they can to fix that problem. They have to. If they don't do that, they're breaching several laws potentially. There could be significant consequence to that. But the other thing I want you to keep in mind, this is not so much a legal issue, is this, that if you're being bullied, harassed, mistreated, and no one does anything about it and you continue working, well, it's going to have an impact on you. John, I've seen, I don't know, probably hundreds over the years situations just like that when someone ends up going off on a disability leave because of the stress, the anxiety, uh, or, or they just end up quitting because they, they're so frustrated. They don't know that there's something they can do about it. So that is a bad thing. You don't want to let that happen to you. So if you are being mistreated or bullied, talk to your employer in writing. I say talk to them, but what I really meant is in writing because you don't want your employer to say we didn't know. So in writing, employer, here's what's happening. You can go speak to your employer as well, but make sure you follow up in writing. If your employer doesn't take it seriously, doesn't investigate, doesn't deal with it, let me know. I can either get you out of there with compensation or I can get your employer to take it seriously. So you have those rights, okay? I don't want anyone suffering. Don't go off on a disability leave. There's better things you can do. And if you've tried to resolve it and couldn't do it, call me. Let me take a shot at it. And again, I want to remind you, uh, anytime a lot of these things we cover on the show nightly can be found and expanded upon at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, like here, uh, next one we're talking about, is you're being offered a job as an independent contractor, but you know that you're not really one. So, this, gosh, this happens all the time. And actually, I've seen a lot of these particular situations recently. If you're taking a job or you're going to work regular hours, doesn't whether it's full-time or part-time, doesn't matter, but you're going to work regular hours, you're going to do what the company says, uh, you know, you're going to be working for someone. Well, guess what? You are an employee. doesn't matter if they want to hire you as a contractor, if you sign a piece of paper that says you're a contractor. doesn't matter if you're charging them HST. does not matter. 
If you look like an employee and act like an employee, you are an employee. And the problem, of course, is if you're, you know you're really not a contractor, but you do it anyways, you're exposed. You, what happens if you're ever audited by CRA, if the company is audited by CRA? They, because there's going to be fines and penalties and back taxes. It's going to be a very, very bad situation. Not worth it. Not to mention is you want to have the protections of employment laws. So I want you to remember that. Not worth to take that chance. Talk to that company. Tell them, no, I think I'm going to be an employee. I don't want either of us to take the risk of breaking any laws here. Let's call me what I am. Okay? If you have accepted, if you're already working as a contractor, remember, if you lose that job because you're an employee and you've been misclassified, you can get severance still. So call me if that happens. Uh, and of course, John mentioned pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. When you go there, we have a tool that allows you to find out, in fact, if you're a contractor or an employee. So use that. It's free and anonymous. Works great. And again, if uh, your employer is doing these things, you got to do something about it. And what I mean is reach out to Lior and his team. Uh, you're laid off after undergoing major surgery despite there being work available for you. Well, that's not nice. Yeah, it's it's not nice, but forget about not nice. It's not legal, right? If you're uh, working uh, and then you have to go off on a leave, well, your employer can't let you go because of that. Your employer can't decide in advance that you're not going to have a job. They have to do everything they can to bring you back when you are ready to return, okay? They have to. So if you're uh, going to be off for a month, then at the end of the month, they have to try to bring you back, make all the efforts. If your old job doesn't exist, is there another job that you can do? Whether that's a month or a year later, by the way, there's no time limit as to how long you can be off. You can be off as long as needed, so long as you have that doctor's note. If an employer tries to be too proactive, say, yeah, we just know, we, we have this crystal ball and we know that whenever you're ready to come back to work, we're not going to have a job for you, so we're just going to lay you off. Can't do that. Illegal. All right? So remember that always. And if you're let go when you're uh, sick still or disabled, not only that could be a human rights violation, you're also going to be owed enhanced severance because it's going to be much more difficult for you to find another job, right? So definitely keep that in mind when it happens, when it comes to a situation where you're off work sick. Uh, John, standing by there for a moment. John, how are you, pal? Uh, what's going on with you tonight? Uh, actually, it's for my brother. What had happened was is, uh, the company that he worked for for many years, 10 years, he's in it. My brother's in his mid-50s. But anyway, um, what had happened was is um, his company was uh, has a subcontract with the municipality, and the supervisor really didn't uh, like uh, like my brother. But anyways, long story short, a letter was sent to the company and uh, stating that my brother was uh, racist, um, homophobic, uh, threatening, and the company took it at face value. And this happened in March of this year. And my brother has been so upset about it that he's actually tried to commit suicide twice. In this, and I've had to take over his mortgage, so he—he's about to lose everything. And the law firm that I was with, uh, as soon as they, the letter came through, um, he—they—they uh, they basically washed their hands of him. And not only that, uh, he couldn't collect uh, any EI. Yeah. So ultimately, the company that let him go, John, has to prove the truth of those allegations. If obviously they can. 
they can let him go for cause. They wouldn't have to pay him anything if, in fact, they can show that he acted in a in a racist or misogynistic way. Yes, they could they could do that. But they have to prove it. He actually doesn't have to disprove it. He doesn't have to prove that it's wrong. They have to prove that it's right. Now, obviously, I don't know what proof they have or don't have. I don't know the basis of the allegations. But what I can tell you, if they have allegations and nothing else, it's not going to be cause. It's not going to be something that allows them to let him go without severance. It's going to be a wrongful dismissal. So my best advice, John, is to have your brother call me at the office. We'll give you that number here in a second. I want to find out more about what happened, exactly who was involved. And on that basis, I can tell him if he can pursue a wrongful dismissal or if, or if there's a, something else going on here. Well, he, here's the thing that happened is that uh, the, the lawyer that he did have, like I said, just basically said there's absolutely nothing I can do for you. He didn't investigate this at all. At all. Well, but now, now, you, you, now you know what to do, John. Have him give me a call or, or, or at least he can connect with me through email and we'll go from there. Like I said, at the end of the day, what I'm interested in knowing is can the company prove it? If they cannot prove it, it's a wrongful dismissal, then they're going to owe him severance, uh, and that could be a very substantial amount. John, really appreciate that uh, that call, pal. Again, uh, to reach out, one 821 5,900 is how you do that. And we're just about uh, done for the daily or again, if you didn't catch any of the talking points we had earlier on uh, when we got the show underway, if your employer is doing these things, you must do something about it. Not a problem. Use that aforementioned number I just gave out. Contact Leorna's team and get the information straight before you make one more step forward. Again, one 821 5,900 email we go to help at employmentlawyer.ca. And one more time, that website built just to make you smarter and more educated about the topic, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you tomorrow again, 6.30, right here on the Employment Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.